Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Igberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. And no, Alistair Waters, I'm not on the road today. I am back in the comforts of the studio where I can actually type, see the chat, talk to you, and do all that good stuff. Anyhow, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. AVQ numero uno in the house. Michael Rudnan, how are you doing, my dear brother? We also have Bridge MCP. Hey, y'all, she says. And Alistair Water is in the house. Along with E2247 saying, Mitakuya Owasia, Aete Petu, Abiti. All my relatives, good day. Today's will be the greatest ever visit. And I hope I, I, I spoke your language correctly, my friend. I tried. Melanie Keelan is in the house from Barcelona, Spain. We also have with us today Eric Hayes. And uh, para ver, those are what we have so far. Don't forget, don't forget. Ah, yeah, E2247. I worried about it when you dropped suddenly, so I am grateful to see you expressing good health. I dropped and I didn't know. I thought I was transmitting all along. As she phoned me and she said, Dad, don't you know that you stopped transmitting? And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I stopped it, restarted it. And the transmission came back into the fold. I guess, what, 10 minutes or so thereafter? Uh, I think I was gone for probably 10 minutes or so. And then I came right back. A few people came, but most people by now probably thought, oh, something went wrong. But we came back. Yes, we came back. Anyway, folks, anyway, folks, anyway, folks, let's go ahead. I think I see somebody wants. Rudnin has something for the screen. So what I'll do is I'll go ahead and put it on the screen about union membership. Bear with me as I do that to make sure, oops, too big. Get down there, people. Get into that slot. That's your slot right there. I'm going to get out of this slot and I'm going to put it on the screen for you all to see. As union membership declines, income inequality increases. Union membership as and share of the income Going to the top 10%, 1917 through 2019. Share of income to the top 10% in, in the blue line, which is going constantly growing. And the union membership, it goes down. So as it turns out, as union membership goes down, then most of the money goes to the top. But guess what? We plateaued and we've started to make a change. That 2020 figure that you see there in that chart, is going to be substantially changed, in my humble opinion, pretty soon. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Okay, The Guardian from Michael Rudnan said, Bernie Sanders bangs gavel and intervenes to calm tensions after the Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen challenges Teamsters union boss Sean O'Brien to a fight. The face-off began when Mullen read out a tweet O'Brien sent earlier this year after another committee room confrontation. As if he wanted to finish it here, this is so laughable, Mac Moran, uh, Mac, oh, Mac, Mark Wayne Mullen will never live down that Bernie Sanders had to talk him down after instigating a fight. These guys are children. These guys are boys. You don't see women do that. Well, Marjorie Taylor and... Uh, uh, Bobear, I guess, whatever Bobear's first name is. But most of the time, you don't see them do that. But those guys are so childish. Oh, we'll pick up our fists and we'll fight it, fight it off. 
That is so stupid. And I don't like to use that word on air, but you guys understand what I'm saying. All right, Michael Rodinelso says, can someone do me a favor on if any video you've already watched with Israel-Palestine as a topic, please type ceasefire in the comments. Then refresh after two minutes to see if your comment is still there. Just one word, ceasefire. When I do this, the comments get auto-deleted as if YouTube is shadow banning the ceasefire hashtag. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Anybody tried it? Let's try to val- validate what uh, Brother Rudnan is saying there. All right, let's see what else we got here. AVQ says, can someone do me a favor? Oh, I, I read that one already. Uh, what else have we got here? Eric says, Egberto, that is the greenies should be pissed about polluted drinking water in your area, but for all of Houston. Two forks of the San Jacinto River with two different color normals and white from pollution. Where is the media like you reporting on this? Nowhere, because there is I, no ideology to it. That's not true. If you take a, if you drive, let me just give this, Eric. The TCEQ and all these other environmental agencies have failed us, and they continue to fail us. But we have to be supportive of these guys, or rather, we got to be supportive of politicians who really care about the environment. If you go up 242, uh, you'll see humongous mulching plants right on the San Jacinto Riverbed. You'll see rock-crushing plants on the San Jacinto Riverbed, a, a, a riverbed that floods all of the times. What are you talking about? We talk about that all the time. But we can't get the regulations to fix it. Why? Because you guys don't like regulations. Republicans don't like regulations. So, my friend, before you say those things, and by the way, the guy who I know, the guy who writes that blog, reducedflooding.com, he's actually a friend. He's a he's a pretty, I guess, right of center, but he's a good guy. Forgot his name, but he's a good guy. All right. E2247 says, Egberto, I was worried. I read that one already. Uh, Eric says, question, is this your typical drug story talked about on your show? Former UH basketball star Reggie Cheney died of fentanyl overdose. Medical examiners rule. This is why our Southern policy from Washington needs to change. Really? Tell me, how does changing our policy on the Southern border stop that, that, uh, person from getting fentanyl to quelch his pain to squelch his uh his own look one of one of our members recently asked the question why are so many medicating with drugs whether it be fentanyl alcohol marijuana whatever the case it may be why are people doing that it has nothing to do with you know with it coming across the border coming across the border is fulfilling a capitalistic dream That capitalistic dream says, if there is a need, if there is a demand, supply will appear. So instead of us trying to fight the supply, what we must fight is what's causing people to use the drugs. Our system fails because we continue to follow the supply side methodology. And it's simply wrong. It's sick. It makes no sense. Oh, you think if you cut the supply that the need is going to go away? 
if you had a supply that had no need, that supply would go away. Come on, man. You know, stop buying into the right-wing ideology because actually it's based on, on intelligence. Let's remember that. On intelligence. Welcome aboard, Lee Grant. He says, hey, y'all. Paul Flynn is in the, is in the house from ATL, Atlanta. Uh, but he says, Egberto Willis, screen. Oh, uh, the screen. What's wrong with the screen? I have it on the screen. I think I put it on the screen. It's on the screen. Oh, for the screen, you want something new. Okay. I missed. I thought you were telling me I didn't put Rudnan stuff on the screen, so I will put it on the screen. Or, oh, wow. You want to get me in trouble, Bridge, but I'm going to read it because it makes sense. Let's, let's read this. All switch Birkenau. 1940 to 1945, Hitler killed 200,000 children, mainly Jews. Average, 127 child children, they should say children per day. Slaughter over. All right. Gaza stripped. October, November 2023, children killed 5,000, mainly Muslim. Average pace, 178 children per day slaughter ongoing look uh it, it's not controversial to tell the truth right and the truth is i see a big difference between hamas and netanyahu's driven idf and that is and i say this i don't take pleasure in saying this but netanyahu is worse the numbers speak for themselves the numbers speak for themselves. If you say, how many people have Netanyahu, how many people have Hamas killed? Oh, wow. They committed horrendous tyranny. They a horrendous terroristic act. They killed 1,200 people. Then you say, okay, how many people in retaliation did Netanyahu and the ADF kill? 12,000 people, 10 to 1, 10 to 1. Now, forget about history for a second. Let's just look about the life of human beings. Don't be fooled by the propaganda. Don't allow yourself to think differently. When 10,000 Panamanians died to get Noriega, 1 to 10,000, or for those who want to accept the 4,000 numbers, 1 to 4,000, whatever number you want to accept. Whatever number you want to accept, don't justify that when these superpowers come out to kill, the killing becomes a killing field. And there is absolutely no justification. You can create stories. You can create narratives. You can try to justify it. It cannot be justified. If you stack 12,000 bodies and stack 1,200 bodies, they're all dead. They are all dead. And you just bring somebody from outer space to take a look at that. What do you think they see? What do you think they see? And for them to just say, Israel has the right, which they do, Israel has the right to defend themselves. Yes, they do. But they do not have the right to indiscriminately kill and then use, well, they're using people as human shields. 
if they're using people as human shields, if they're using people as human shields, then they're human shields and you don't go there because you know what those human shields are doing? They're doing the same thing in both directions. They are shielding you from Hamas and they're shielding Hamas from you. That seems like a good status quo to me until you can go independently and knock off the people who have done you harm. But no, it turns out that there is absolutely no difference between Netanyahu and Hamas. Oh, I'm sorry. There's a 10 to 1 difference between Netanyahu and Hamas. Netanyahu kills a lot more. Netanyahu murders a lot more. It sounds terrible to say it. And for those who are going to say, but you know, Israel has the right to defend itself. Yes, but it doesn't have the right to kill innocent people. And if you allow the media, if you allow the media to justify what is happening, if you do that, you're complicit. You're complicit. And the blowback, unfortunately, when blowback comes in these situations, the blowback doesn't only affect those who were unsympathetic. The blowback doesn't affect those who actually were righteous. In fact, if you take a look at some of the people who Hamas murdered, some of the people who Hamas kidnapped, they were good people. They were the people that were looking for peace. My God, folks, uh, we have to tell our government, I agree with all you people, all the people who say ceasefire, ceasefire, ceasefire. I agree. Lee Grant says, how will you get Hamas to agree to a ceasefire? We don't have to get Hamas to agree to a ceasefire. Hamas isn't the one releasing tons and tons of bombs. You know, what, what drives me crazy is the, is the asymmetry. Hamas throws a lot of rockets in the air. Hezbollah throws a lot of rockets in the air. Go take a look at Tel Aviv. Go take a look at Tel Aviv. Go take a look at Jerusalem. Go take a look at Haifa. Go take a look at all these major cities. Tell me where do you see destruction? Tell me where do you see dead people streaming around the, uh, the, the, those cities? But go to Gaza. And you see decimated infrastructure. You see killings. You see skulls and bones and blood and all the nastiness of war. And you want to tell me that the real, real destructors here uh, is Hamas? The real destructor is Hamas? Look, what Hamas did was murder. What Hamas did was a terrorist act. But please don't deceive. Don't, don't make believe that your eyes are not telling you the truth of what you're seeing. My God, don't the dead bodies keep you up at night? I mean, when I'm doing, I'm on the spinner at night. I turn the channel to something more pleasant to look at. I turn the channel to something more pleasant. Why? I just can't take it. 
And for those who simply justify the killing field that Netanyahu is putting out there, the, the killing field. Our Paul Fleming says, Fox News blames inflation on Biden. The Fed blames workers for getting paid too much. Show of hands, who here is paid too much? But a major driver is corporations using inflation as an excuse to jack up prices from beyond the cost, hence the recent record profits. Exactly, exactly. And I have, uh, uh, during the Thanksgiving holidays on KPFT, I will be playing my interview with the one and only Richard, uh, Richard Wolf, who will detail all that stuff, uh, uh, Paul Fleming, but thanks for bringing it up right here. Eric K says, quit letting people in the millions and focus on the drug industry instead. That is a policy change. No, that is a silly change. If you concentrate on the people and you make sure that people have good lives, they don't look for something to chill the pain. They don't look for something to, 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 to attenuate their pain. You know? I live a very happy life because I love people. I love making change. I love working towards change, right? So I'm happy, but I have the wherewithal to be happy. Like most of you don't, but those have to be on drugs because just because brother, it's tough. Fix the people's problems and the drug problem goes away. The problem with when many in the Republican Party is that they are they don't know how to uh, think critically. They see the buds coming out of the ground and they just chop the butt off, chop the butt off, as opposed to saying, let's go to the root. You get rid of the root. You never have to chop the butt again because the bud never comes back. Right. OK. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Alistair says 90% of fentanyl comes through legal ports of entry. Thank you for that information, Alistair. I think <clears throat> Brother Rudnan, I think a few weeks ago, pointed something to that effect out as well. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Eric Hayes says, but Egbert, you say all fentanyl users are abusers. They're not. I didn't say that. I didn't say they were all abusers at all. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you could find any part in the tape that says that. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see what else we can have here. I'm scrolling down. Paul Fleming says, I watched my son struggle not knowing what he wanted to be in this world. Drugs was his escape. As a parent, I wish I could have known in the begging. Uh, but when I found out, I couldn't reach him. Fentanyl. Use is a world crisis. Exactly. Exactly, Paul. Exactly. And I remember that fateful day I was in D.C. taking care of my daughter. She was on herself on the verge of um, after that second major stroke. And I remember feeling your pain then, brother. I remember feeling your pain then. I mean, it was ripe. And that's what we got to do, brother. That's what we got to do. We have to get rid of the pain. Paul Fleming says, in the Ruby Freeman and Shea Moss versus Rudy Giuliani case, the parties have now uh, filed their joint pretrial submission. They stipulate that because Giuliani's uh, liability has already been established, the only thing left for the jury to decide will be damages. Beep, beep. Yes, sir. All right. 
Uh, let's see. E2247 says to win 2024 election. Who do you want to be POTUS for the sake of yourself and family? I think that should, that answer should be self-explicatory. Um, uh, E2247, right? All right. Let's see what else we got here. Paul Fleming says number of striking workers in 2021, 141,000. In 2022, 224,000. In 2023, 453,000 and counting. I love that. I love that. Michael Rudden says indiscriminate slaughter is a war crime. Brother, you're correct. You nailed it. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, let's see what else we got. Para ver, para ver, para ver. We have, so, PDR Posse, I ask you, from E2247, which mode of authority does POTOS 45 rely and upon which does 46 rely? To win 2024 election, who do you want to be POTOS for the sake of yourself and family? Definitely 46 over 45. I'm with you. All right, from Bridge MCP, we have, U.S. and China on cusp of deal to crack down on fentanyl. U.S. officials are finalizing an agreement with China to crack down on the export of the source chemicals used to make fentanyl, according to the two people familiar with the matter. The deal, which has been a priority for the Biden administration, is expected to be finalized and announced in coordination with President Joe Biden's summit meeting in San Francisco Bay area Wednesday with Chinese President Xi, Xi Jinping. The agreement will target companies that produce and export the source material to make the deadly synthetic opioid, said the people who cautioned that the deal would not be finalized until its announcement. The goal would be significant limit uh, the flow of precursor materials to Mexico, the people said. But here's the problem with that, even as we see that, right? The problem with that is as the supply goes down, and the demand stays the same, goes up a little or, 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 or whatever, that makes the price of this fentanyl go up, right? Because there's more, there's more competition for the fentanyl. And since it's going to be higher for these people, these people are going to commit more crimes because it costs them more to get the drug. Again, the only answer is to help people not need the drug that means making their lives bearable it's not rocket science it's not rocket science at all all right a new documentary what i want to know is a heartbroken love letter from 13 iraq and afghan veterans to our american public it's seriously not an entertaining film i hear you michael says is if israel calls for a ceasefire stops firing into Gaza and Hamas continues firing, then we can talk about returning fire again. But it's on Israel to call that ceasefire first. And not only that, it's on Israel. We have drones. We have all the technical things you want. We just got to do it. All right. That's all. That's all. That's all. All right. Tom C says, YouTube won't stream my limerick about Gaza from Facebook. That's a shame. It's a shame. 
let's see what else we got here. Um, Bree says, oh, wow, Tom. AVQ was just saying Ceasefire was being dropped on YouTube, too. Well, here is Tom Sarnik's limerick. And, you know, I have to kind of read it in my head first because I want to always do it justice. All right. All right, here we go with Tom's limerick. In a hostage situation, what would the police do? Should they bomb the house and kill every Arab and Jew? Or would they try to minimize the cost in lives of innocent or lost? Aren't two million Gazans hostages too? Once again, once again, using today's data, using today's info, Tom comes up with another good limerick. Good job, Tom. Good job, Tom. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Paul Fleming says, I just found this new. A lawyer who declined to represent Donald Trump when asked tells Jill Wine Banks and me that Trump is in big trouble. Find out why by watching or listening below. You got to tell me a little bit more, Fleming. Why, 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 give, me, give me another punchline for that sentence. Michael Rennie says, it should, be, uh, it should be to no one's surprise that DL doesn't understand the difference between symmetric war versus asymmetric war. Symmetric war is army versus army, not tit for tat. Asymmetric war is army versus insurgency, and you have to be a very, care very careful not to kill civilians or become war criminals worse than your opposition, which right now Netanyahu is much worse than his opposition. All right. Uh, either does for from breach either does 45 he's worse biden stutters trump lies rants doesn't know anything blah 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 oh and in four court cases sex offender 91 charges he's a choice democracy not fascist not fascist all right we got also para ver para ver mike cisak is in the house he says democratic party is the party of fascism mike Stop looking in the mirror. Put that mirror down, Mike. Okay. You know, projection, projection, projection. All right. Anyway, yesterday, guys, the reason I did the program from my car as I was driving to a press conference was because, and this, this applies all over, right? We have a district attorney. Her name is Kimog that has done many, many things that, uh, that are that we consider outside the scope of what we as Democrats believe in. And the truth of the matter is, whether one wants to accept it or not, yes, Texas may still be uh, a red voting state in its totality, but we are a very blue county. So, I mean, we, th there is a, a resolution that's been attempted to, uh, to, to put there against the DA. I won't go into the resolution right now. I just wanted to make sure that I had it while I play uh, two things. First of all, I'm going to play Lauren Byrne. Lauren Byrne is actually uh, one of the district attorneys that worked for Kimog here in, in Harris County. And by the way, this applies all over the country. We need to go after these district attorneys that come 
into office under the pretext that they're going to be fair, balanced, and do their job. And when they get there, they try to appease too often the police, too often the bail bonds folks, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, let's go ahead and listen to Lauren Byrne and what Lauren Byrne had to say about this district attorney that we intend to vote out of office in March. All right, we're here with former district attorney, assistant district attorney, Lauren Byrne. Lauren, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Lauren, first of all, you're out here at a rally that's, that's I, I don't want to say a rally against Kimog, but a rally for the people. For change. For change. Um, you used to work for Kimog, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, first of all, tell us who Kimog is. Kimog is the elected district attorney of Harris County, Texas. Um, she was first elected, I believe she came in in 2000. 17, yeah. and she won a second term that expires uh, in 2025, so there will be an election. In How long did you work for her? I was I started in the office in 2007. Kim came in in 2017, and I worked there until May 2020. I left during the pandemic. Why did you leave? Uh, there are many reasons why I left, but, you know, a lot of people that work there, you just kind of keep your head down and you try and do the work and think that you're doing the right thing, even though when you see how the office is being run and the morale and, and, and all of that. But when you when you get confronted and you have to directly look at something that you know is a lie, when you know the right thing's not happening and you're directly involved in it, you have to take a stand. And I made the decision that I could no longer work there uh, with the principles that I have and what I think the right thing to do is. That's incompatible with Kim Ogg's principles and how she runs her office. Now, you made a very important statement when you spoke, and it really touched me when you said that some of the things that she did could have not only a material impact and first a financial impact on, on people who she knowingly uh, forces or forces a prosecution mm -hmm. of. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, it's whether it's intentional knowing that she's you know pursuing somebody for some sort of reason or um, or it's just that because she's run experience out of the office and doesn't properly train and doesn't properly use her resources the longer that a case lasts the more effect it has on everybody involved. if you're accused of a crime and you can't post bond you're going to be in jail until your case resolves so the longer it takes to resolve your case when you have a new prosecutor every single setting because they can't keep prosecutors. When you have people that are scared to make decisions and so they're not going to dismiss your case until push comes to shove and they have to set it for trial. Um, that case lingers. Um, if you're on bond, it doesn't make it easy to get a job. If you're charged with something that should have never even been charged or maybe it was a misdemeanor that was overcharged into some like an aggravated assault or something like that and you're on bond for a year, two years, how easy do you think it is to get a job when employers are asking that it's not and it affects people's livelihoods and what if you're the victim of one of those cases and every time you go to court or you, your case goes to court there's a new prosecutor who doesn't know anything about the case and um, you just don't know if it's going to be truly handled and given the attention that it needs because she can't keep staff to see a case through no I want to, to close, I want to make an important assessment of something that you said. Sure. You said too often it was easier to take a case to prosecution than to dismiss a case, Absolutely. even if that's what you believe was the right thing to do. Yes. Expand on that to close. Kim Ong 
when she first started, talked all about in meetings with prosecutors and her chief prosecutors about how they were going to have discretion and they were actually going to be able to exercise their judgment, unlike prior administrations in her opinion. The moment there was a news article or something reported where somebody called a complaint about a disposition of a case, regardless of whether it was the right thing or not, she had a knee-jerk reaction because what matters more to her is her public perception and what people think of her in the office than what actually happened. And so she started making it harder and harder for me as a prosecutor to make the decision of what I know is the right thing. Now I have to run it by this person. And then this person needs to go run it by this person. Um, to the point where a significant number of cases have to go to Kim Ong for personal approval, which it's impossible to even get a meeting with her. She's the elected district attorney. She's out and about and, you know, out of town, out doing things, you know, it's you have to trust the people that you hire that you put in these positions. If they are scared to make decisions, then bad things can happen. If it's easier for you to just reset a case because you can't get your boss to agree to dismiss a case because they're scared of what it's going to look like if you dismiss too many cases, then the right thing doesn't happen. Um, not to mention, they make them jump through. So I'm not saying you shouldn't have good reasons to dismiss a case. Okay, don't get me wrong. You shouldn't just be doing it for no reason at all. But when you have to jump through so many needless tasks to get the right outcome, you're going to say, you know what? I don't have time to do this. I need to focus on this problem. Just set that for trial. It's easier to set it for trial, and that way you can say, sorry, the judge called us to trial, and we didn't have what we needed, and so now we can dismiss versus dismissing it early on when you know it needs to go. Lauren Byrne, thank you for your courage. Thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Absolutely so, absolutely so. Well, here is Michael Rudnin, new piece, or rather uh, the, the 14 defining characteristics of fascism. One, powerful and continuing nationalism. Two, disdain for human rights. Three, identifica identification of enemies as a unifying cause. Four, supremacy of the military. Five, rampant sexism. Six, controlled mass media. Seven, obsession with national security. Eight, religion and government intertwined. Nine, corporate power protected. Ten, labor power suppressed. Eleven, disdain for intellectuals and the arts. Twelve, obsession with crime and punishment. Thirteen, rampant. Uh, cronyism and corruption, and 14 fraudulent elections. And it seemed to me like we are 14 out of 14 right now. So we better watch it. We better watch it. The ingredients are there. We have to prevent them from mixing them into fruition. All right. What else we got here? Let's see. Uh, para ver, para ver, para ver qué más tenemos. Uh, well, let me go up and start scrolling down. Start scrolling down. Let's see. Okay. Carl Cox says, I better read Carl's post. Yeah, I don't see a Carl's post in there. 
just the coral, just that one thing that you just have there, coral. If you have a post, you'll have to put it in again, I guess, my friend, because the boogeyman must have eaten it, as Ratnanis says. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Keith Dolverman no, reports, no longer do you see any video of 45 on stairs either going up or down. Is 45 too infirm to be photoed navigating stairs, especially after he saw Tuberville fall on E-Fans? <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Uh, Tom C. says, hey, Daniel, if I wrote a children's book of limericks for children, it would likely be banned in every red state, especially in Florida. I know. I know. I know. I know. Paul Fleming says, after Univision executives meet with Trump at Mar-a-Lago, Univision cancels Biden campaign ad buys and canceled a booking with Biden's Hispanic media director, Maca Casado, to respond to the Trump interview after it aired on the network's late new broadcast. Oh, wait a minute. Are, when did this occur, Paul Fleming? I've got, I've got to look that one up. That's, that, is, that is suspect. I want to look that one up. Oh, my God. Where did you get that? Give us the corroborated information. All right, let's see what else we got here. Michael Rodney says, I wonder who Mike C. imagines is the they in the last comment about censorship and the First Amendment. I have a feeling Mike C. about to say something, someone to uh, who the First Amendment doesn't apply, as if he has never actually read the First Amendment. Eric Hayes says, ask Lauren why the courts are so backed up and the jails are so full with no, you know why? You know why? Because the district attorney keep losing uh, losing employees. There are a lot of spaces open right now, but they go unheard. People don't want to work for her. That's what I heard. That's what Lauren said. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, Alistair Water says, are you listening to the interview, Eric? She's explaining the backlog. Exact. Thank you for saying that, my friend. All right, what else have we got here? Alistair Water says, what happened to innocent until proven guilty? It, that's Usually forgotten, mostly on the right. Sometime on the left too, you know, but hey, we got to do what's right. Bridge MCP says, you are wrong, DL. Trump and many GOP are fascists. Read the list. Michael Rezegberta, the point of the checklist was to compare the Democratic and Republican parties, not look at our nation as a whole. The we in the comparison is the important part. I am saying we as the nation, because we as a nation have put those Republicans who are pretty close to a 50 percent in, in a lot of these areas to allow that to occur. I get it. I get it. I get it. Katie Fang reported this yesterday. Oh, OK. I like Katie Fang. But um, every now and then Katie Fang, you know, does is it doesn't back her her stuff up with the actual data. So I'll, I I have to read a little bit more on that one before I just take that one at face value. Okay, what else have we got here? What else have we got here? Uh, okay, the other video that I want to show is Tiffany Rochelle. Her son was murdered by a cop who then got no bill. I want you to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. 
I'm here with Tiffany Rochelle. She's here at the CEC meeting where uh, we previously had the rally to oust Kimog. Tell me a little bit about your story, t- uh, Tiffany. Uh, my name is Tiffany Rochelle, and I am the uh, mother of Jalen Randall, uh, 29 years old, who was murdered last year, uh, April the 27th, 2022. Um, they were going out into the neighborhood to do a warrant pursuit, and they, uh, my son got into a vehicle with his friend and they proceed on to leave the neighborhood. However, uh, the undercover police got behind them. Um, once they got behind them, um, they went some ways, maybe in the community, uh, maybe 20 miles per hour. And um, as they were going, Shane Privet was actually behind my son. Um, he made the statement that he would not live to leave the neighborhood. That's what the police say. Who's Shane? That's a police officer. That's the that was chasing your son. And he said, and it's on camera, that your son will not see the end of that day. He said that, this is word for word, he said that he will not live to leave the neighborhood. Okay. And once he did that, he made that statement. HPD came out of nowhere, did a a pit maneuver. The the car turned around. Now he's facing the officer, Shane Privet. On the passenger side of the the undercover car. My son was on the passenger side of his friend car. He gets out the car. My son gets out the car. Uh, Shane Privy gets out his car. My son, Jayden Randall, gets out of his car. He said, put your hands before hands came out of his mouth. He shoots my son. And he, the bullet hit on the side of his neck. And after he shot his gun, he said, oh shit. Mm-hmm. So then they handcuffed my son. They dragged him across the, the sidewalk and that way. And what, tell me, why did that put, I mean, first of all, sorry to hear about your son. Uh, now, what was Kim Ogg's role in, the, in, in, in this entire so issue? So, probably about uh, July. I'm not sure the month. I'm thinking July. They uh, brought my son's case to the grand jury and uh, they no action did at first. So Who no action did? The grand, grand jury, jury under the they, tutelage of Kim Ogg. Exactly. So then we were supposed to go directly. They were supposed to pick another jury that day. Mm-hmm. And when they uh, they came back to us and said, this is not the jury that we want to go by. They, so they stringed it along. And then so um, I guess it was about three weeks ago, mm-hmm. it went back to the grand jury where they know building. So everything is on camera. Uh, everything that happened to Jalen is on camera. It's not, it's, it's, it's wrongdoing. And she refuses and to she pursue refuses the police to officers. The police officer. So that's what we're fighting and we're going to continue to fight uh, until we get justice. Well, Tiffany, sorry to hear about your son. Keep up the fight because Thank people you. like you, we need out there. Thank you so much. Absolutely, people like Tiffany, we need out there. We need out there. And, you know, Lee Grant, I tell you that that question gets old. You know, today uh, I, I made a commentary. I should have chipped it out on, on um, KPFT where I spoke about um, the police officers and, um, you know, and, and, and always having to be wondering how they are seeing you. Because, you know, the, you know, let me tell you what drives me crazy, including with the statement that you just said, Lee Grant. 
If I walk into a store today, even today, I guarantee you, I, eyes will be on me, I will be followed. A lot of stores in the mall, I'll be followed. If you go into the store, Lee, and let's say you just look like me, bald head, tall guy, you know, but white. I guarantee you they'll just look at you, look off and expect that eventually you're going to come back with something that you want and buy it. Now, how stupid is is uh, stereotyping like that? The only reason you may find in the literature that says more people of color are ripping these stores off. It's because those are the people you're watching. You know how the smart thieves occur uh, work today? They work in pairs. White guy, black guy, they come in separately. They allow the black guy to go in and be followed as the white guy cleans the, the clock of the store. And, we, and, and that kind of behavior now, because, like I said, race is so silly, so stupid. The thugs, which are not based on race, it's based on, you know, your, 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 your morals. They just work in racial pairs now. That's what they do. And because our racism is so in, innate and silly, we get screwed by our own racism. Now, I'm going to cut that piece out of my video where a Panamanian cop, a cop who is here in the United States, but he's from Panama, where I'm from, he first called to admonish me. And then we agreed. And then we agreed. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Bri says, uh, uh, you would, Lee, SMH, asking Lee to show something you may not want exposed starts with an R. <laughs> there is no race except the human race. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Lee Grant says, I just want to know the full context of this case. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, if I had told you that about just a white guy getting shot up by the by the uh, cops, would it take the same tonality? Grant, and don't answer now. Think about it. Test your heart and see if you really treat those things the same. All right. Test your heart. Racism aside, National Federal says. 57% of, of, of theft is from employees, not shoplifters. There you go. There you go. All right. Um, last last thing to play. Let's see. Well, I'm not going to play the Sean. Yeah, let me play Sean Tier. This is a guy who's running against Kim Og. And then we'll speed up the other part. Sean Terry, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Hey, look, it's great talking to you. I interviewed you a few weeks ago. Yes. Um, I, I see you stopped by for this little uh, rally against your opponent. What's your thoughts on, on, on the, 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 what people had to say here? You know, I, I'm just an interested observer, um, obviously, but I love grassroots movements like this. Um, this. This really just reinforces everything that we've been saying on the campaign 
from the beginning. Uh, this this is a whole host of people who have been victimized by the failures of that office, and and a group of people who have been victimized by her policies and and her about face for the democratic values. Now you worked for her, absolutely. And one of the reasons you're running against her is your feeling that she completely misrepresents the office. Yes, that's that's absolutely right. She misrepresents everything about the office. It, it's she misrepresents what she ran on, the, the the true reform and progressive ideals that we we all believed in when we joined her. She misrepresents how she goes about running that office right now. The, the office is is completely bereft of any talent left. Everyone's left. No, let's let's get something clear here because you're out here, but you had nothing. To, had did you have anything to do with this movement that seems to be developing organically? Not not at all. I. I I found out about it last week from from the Chronicle when when they uh, talked about the resolution at that time with sixty some odd precinct chairs. Um, I, I haven't I haven't been involved at all, but again, it reinforces everything that we've been saying. Well, you got a hell of an endorsement. Yes, so tell a little bit about it. It was it was amazing. It's something that we've been talking about for a number of months. Uh, Judge Hidalgo endorsing me is one of the highlights of, of my professional career in any capacity. Uh, she's been somebody who's just one of the most courageous leaders that we've had on the Democratic side in, in decades. And for her to get behind my campaign and talk the way that she talked about this race and, and who she knows that I am, was it, it was an honor and something that I'll remember forever. It's not easy for uh, a somebody to come out against the district attorney. It takes a lot of courage. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you. And that was uh, Sean Terry, uh, who is uh, going to be, I think he's going to win the, to be the new district attorney of Harris County, Harris County district attorney. All right. Uh, and again, uh, Daniel Lido, Lena Hidalgo is not a child. She's a 32 year old, 33 year old, 32 year old woman. It's uh, I don't know why it is that we so often if it was a 32 year old man, there's no, no nobody would be saying, oh, the child or anything like that. Hidalgo is a very, very intelligent, very, very smart woman who beat. I repeat, who beat, of course, with the support of the progressive uh, progressives in in uh in Harris County, but she beat the old machine of uh, Emmett. Okay, at Emmett, she beat the machine, period. Anyway, folks, the other two subjects that I wanted to cover today had to do with, of course, um, uh, uh, the fossil fuel firms are building a bridge to chaos. More than a thousand fossil fuel companies around the world are currently planning to build new liquefied natural gas terminals, pipelines, or gas-fired power plants, even as scientists warn that fossil fuel expansion is incompatible. I repeat, is incompatible uh, uh, with efforts to prevent catastrophic global warming. That's according to an updated database released Wednesday by uh, Urgewald and dozens of partner groups described as the most reprehensible public 
data, a most comprehensive database. All right, let me take this call real quick. 866. Oh, no, that's uh, that doesn't seem like a real call. So I'll hang up on that one. Uh, that's not a real call. All right, ignore, ignore. There we go. All right. Uh, described as the most comprehensive public database in the fossil fuel industry, the global oil and gas list covers 1,623 companies that are operating in upstream, midstream, or gas-fired power sector and collectively account for 95% of global oil and gas production. The link to the story at Common Dreams is within the blog, and we'll have that there. Likewise, 68% of the U.S. public wants Gaza seize fire. So let's seize fire. Nearly 70% of Americans think that Israel should call a ceasefire in its attack on Gaza, a Reuters Ipsos poll uh, released Wednesday has found. Around 68% of respondents answered that they agreed with the statement that Israel should call a ceasefire by and try to negotiate, Reuters reported. Um, when broken down by party, around half of Republicans and three-quarters of Democrats back this view, meaning President Joe Biden is acting against the will of the majority of his party as he refuses to urge Israel to stop its assault. The majority of Americans oppose this massacre of Palestinians in Gaza. So why is Biden still supporting it? Justice Democrats asked on social media. Go to the link. The link uh, to, the, to the story in Common Dreams is in the blog as well that will be posted very much shortly, my brothers. Uh, we have from uh, my good friend Robert Davenport says, we should hold cops to a higher standard, not a lower standard with excuses for bad behavior. We allow them to carry and use firearms. A higher standard is mandatory, to which I say, amen. You're absolutely right, Brother Davenport, as usual. You're absolutely right. Let's get busy by saying, please support the program. And how can you support Politics Done Right? You can support Politics Done Right easily, very easily, my friends. Just remember that Politics Done Right is your program. Politics Done Right is funded by you. So please go to politicsdoneright.com slash support. I repeat, politicsdoneright.com slash support. That uh, that gives you all the different options that you have to support the program. Alternatively, please or as well, I shouldn't say alternatively, as well, consider giving us a coffee a month by subscribing to our by becoming a paid subscriber of our newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Uh, please consider becoming a supporter of our newsletter today. Politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Anyway, folks, it's about that time that I need to get out of here. I want to thank all of you for showing up. You know, I love you. I couldn't do this without you. We're changing the world together. Call to action, says E2247, Quincy Institute. Let's see what that is all about. Uh, giving guns to people who have businesses. Let's see. Film what you want to know. Uh, let's see. I'll put it on the screen real quick for you, E2247. I haven't read it, but if you put it there, that means it's probably something good. So therefore, on the screen, as requested by E2247. Alyssa Water says, giving up guns to uh, people who have no business owning firearms. Exactamente. 
All right, there it is. Uh, the, the film screening, screening of you know. Let me put it so that everybody can see. And uh, let's see if there's a link for me to put in there for them. Ah, right, let me just put the link in the in. Oh, you have the link in there already. All right, but he says, Egberto, it's not just the U.S. Europe. It's also into the ceasefire, like the imagine I showed from Northern Ireland. The protests are worldwide. I mean, actually, Bridge, before I go, I want to say this real quick. I could not be more impressed with Ireland. Ireland have been in, in, in their parliament. They have been hitting Netanyahu for the war criminal that, he's, that he is harder than any other governmental body I have seen thus far. To which I say to Ireland, kudos, my brothers. Kudos, my brothers. Don't fall for the false anti-Semitism. I my I have Jewish family. I have all kind of family. I won't allow anybody because I believe in life to somehow try to make our fight for life anti-Semitic. We cannot fall for it. That is what they're hoping for. They're hoping that you are so scared for being called anti-Semitic, that you're going to allow Netanyahu to murder, pilfer, and plunder. No. No podemos hacer eso. Israel, Netanyahu, es un asesino. Netanyahu is a killer. Él es un matador. Anyway, folks, Thank you so kindly for being here. Uh, Robert Davenport says the Irish know a popular country can still be a harsh occupying power. They've seen it with Great Britain. They've seen what Great Britain has done in Northern Ireland. Bridge MCP has taught us about that as well. Her personal experiences. We understand it. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Oh. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.